Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This episode of the Career Contessa podcast is brought to you by the House of Chanel. Chanel introduces a new generation of sustainably developed skincare infused with a high concentration of ingredients and derived from the uniquely revitalizing winter-blooming red camellia flower. Packaged with lightweight glass, organic ink, and other bio-based materials, Numero 1 de Chanel forges an unprecedented path of skincare innovation. Numero 1 de Chanel, beauty ahead of time. To learn more about the line, visit chanel.com. Hey guys, I'm Kinsey from the I Love You So Much podcast. On my show, we talk about everything, lifestyle, business, finance, beauty, you name it. My favorite part about the show is the amazing guests that we bring on. We have everyone ranging from like business experts to influencers, CEOs, creative masterminds. It's so much fun. If you guys want to find me on Instagram, it's just at Kinsey Elizabeth. I release new episodes every Thursday, so hope to see you there. Welcome back to another episode of the Career Contessa podcast, your shortcut to being more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. I'm your host, Lauren McGoodwin, with teammate Kayleen Holden. Valentine's Day is coming up, and that means love is in the air. Okay, we're kidding, but we are talking about love languages today, and you've probably heard of love languages in romantic relationships, but does a love language have a role in the workplace? We're here to identify our love languages at work to work better together. Don't worry, this is still going to be a totally professional episode. There's nothing weird about it, Um, so get ready. All right, and this is now the Career Contessa Podcast. Kayleen, you recently wrote an article about how you can determine your workplace love language and it's been doing really well. So you're now our resident expert on this, whether you want want it <laughs> that role or not. So um, first, can you start by giving us some background on what love languages are? And I'm sure people have heard of these before because it's, it's pretty well known, right? Yes. So um, I'd say I feel like in the early 90s was your like romance book kind of like apex I feel like also when like (laughs) men are from Mars women are from Venus came out and um so um Gary Chapman wrote a book uh in 1992 called the five love languages and basically what the five love languages are is uh five general ways that romantic partners specifically can express and experience love 
So it's basically like just just the thing that makes you feel loved by your partner. And as silly as it sounds, it's actually very helpful. And I, so I was thinking about like it just felt very applicable to work, um, especially when you're talking about like how to communicate, how to give feedback, how to get feedback, things like that, especially in relationships between obviously hopefully not romantic partners, but <laughs> you're, you're you never know. A lot of people meet their partner at work. It's I know it's that, that wild. I was reading something on LinkedIn about a recruiter that was like, I did it again. And they keep getting invited to weddings because they keep placing people in workplaces that get married. But oh, I absolutely I know multiple people who are married to people they met at work. It's I mean, it's great. <laughs> and then uh, so my one friend works in an ad agency and there's like there's a ton of couples there that are married and they all kind of go to each other's wedding. So um, just as a side, <laughs> I guess romantic relationships definitely do happen at work, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about love languages. And if you've heard of this book, you probably know the general. Well, actually, Kayleen, tell us what were the five love, love languages that Gary Chapman talked okay, about? So the five love languages are um, words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. So obviously we had to rework these to be um, more work appropriate, like specifically physical touch obviously has no place in the workplace. But I thought the idea, the idea was really sound and I felt like there's, it was really translatable to work, especially yeah, when you, you want, when you're working with someone, it ends up becoming not a romantic relationship, but a really important relationship. And if, if yeah. you know each other's love language, then you could also apply kind of the platinum rule, which is, it's like a step up from the golden rule, which is to treat others as they want to be treated. So yeah, yeah so we translated these into uh, work appropriate love languages. Well, and before we get into those, I think the reason why this has been so profound in people's relationships is because if you know how the other person wants to be communicated with or how they feel the most valued, you, for example, if your thing is words of affirmation, but your partner is receiving gifts and you keep giving words of affirmations, like, but you're giving what you want, not what they want. And I've noticed that and a lot of the topics we talk about Claire Contessa and on this podcast, a lot of it comes down to communication styles. And we've talked about this before, but just to kind of reiterate, I know people get a little frustrated. They're like, why should I have to change, you know, my style to meet someone else? But ultimately at the end of the day, when you understand how that person prefers to be communicated, how they collaborate best, you still reach your ultimate goal at the very end. And I know people don't like the idea of kind of having to change, but I, I think of this as more like a shortcut to getting to what you want or your ultimate goal faster. So this, you know, this communication savviness, I think is incredibly important in the workplace because you're going to have to work with other people and they're going to have different, you know, communication styles, workplace love languages, you know, that whole thing. And so I guess, how do you, and maybe in the book, he says it, but like, how do people even determine what their love language is, which I know we, you've kind of have taken his love languages and then created them into workplace ones. So before we actually say what the workplace ones are, how do you understand your own love language? Well, I think, I think yours is easier to understand than I think other people's. So I just was, wanted to talk about how to figure out other people's aside from just asking them. For one thing, I think this could be, if the person's open to it, kind of a fun discussion to be like, well, wh what would you believe yours is? This is what mine is and this is why. 
but a way to determine it without having a conversation, especially with someone that's really not going to be into having this conversation is there's kind of three questions you can ask. One is how does this person treat others? Two is what do they complain about the most? Like, is it things like, like details, communication? Is it things like nobody recognizes the work I'm doing? Is it things like, I don't know what to do because nobody communicates with me. And that's a really good way to uh, identify what someone's love language would be. And, um, Mm. and then the third question is what, what do they request most often? Like what, what are those things aside from maybe they don't complain, but maybe they say, Oh, I really, really need more time for this. Or I need more communication on this, or I need more check-ins I need, or I just need more affirmation that what I'm doing is right. Things like that. That's a really good way to figure out what someone else is. And then at the same point, you could ask yourself these same questions. And then what's interesting to me too, about going through this, because I wrote this article and then we were getting ready to record this. And I was like, I don't, I don't even feel like I've identified what my own is both in like a romantic relationship and at work and, and mine are like worlds apart actually. Oh, really? So what's your, what's your love language? So I'd say my love language is words of affirmation. <laughs> Same. As a, for sure. I think Same. every mom's <laughs> probably is just like, please <laughs> just tell me I am the best thing since sliced bread or get the yeah. hell out of here. No, just kidding. <laughs> but I mean, unsurprisingly, like a lot of people's are receiving gifts or, you know, yeah, I, my, I have someone in my family where hers must be receiving gifts because she gives a lot of gifts. And a lot of times people will, uh, to your first point, they'll do their love language. You know what I mean? So like, for example, if ours are words of affirmation, we might be telling our partners all these nice things, and but that's not their love language. So it doesn't mean anything. So it's good to know yours, but probably even more important to know your, your, like the people you're around of what theirs are. So now let's go into, let's uh, take each of the love languages from Gary Chapman's book and then give them their workplace love language. So the first one you said was words of affirmation, which would be now uh, words of affirmation in the workplace would be uh, feedback and mentorship. So this could be examples like workplace appreciation, especially in a public setting or, or, you know, in an email where everyone's CC'd, it's that like, good job, that verbal acknowledgement, or it could be something like for giving it to yourself. Uh, if that's your love language, then make a smile file for yourself and, and take time out to appreciate yourself, to give yourself a pat on the back, things like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the next one was quality time, which in the workplace is... Quality time is work, <laughs> workplace bonding. So this is things like taking your team out to lunch at the end of a big project. It could be celebrating work anniversaries, encouraging team members to actually take their mental health days and take PTO. I know, I know that you know this too, Lauren, a lot. There's always a lot of these feelings of pressure, like, oh, I have this PTO, but I can't take it because there was like this meme going around that's like, it's called paid time off because you pay for it when you get back. Yeah. (laughs) It's things like that. Like it's saying, you know, this is, this is here, but it, it, but really we mean for you to use it. And that's good for a manager to be expressing, I guess, that workplace love language. The third one, receiving gifts. (laughs) Gifts are nice, but at work, this would be uh, new opportunities or challenges. This could be an actual gift, which I mean, your your folks that love gifts are going to love gifts uh, across the board. Uh, It could Mm -hmm. be a celebratory day off. It could be giving a higher level opportunity to someone who's been performing really well to give them sort of a, yeah, a new opportunity to do something they've never done before. 
And then the last, wait, there's two more. So the next one is. Uh, so the next one would be acts of service. And this at work would be um, support. This would be your like just checking in email with a coworker who you know is struggling. This would be emailing a helpful resource or a tip that helps to streamline work. This is especially great for like newer employees that might be struggling with the workload. And, and that's you kind of taking a step back being like, oh, I remember what it was like to, to be you. Here's a helpful resource instead of. Instead yeah. of saying, you know, let me know if I could help. It's like just giving that help, letting that help land at their feet. Or, you know, it could be bringing in donuts on a really challenging <laughs> week. Yes. <laughs> okay. And then the last one is physical touch, which no, please don't physically touch anyone in the workplace. But <laughs> what is that uh, in the so workplace? Physical touch was our biggest departure, but, but it also is really actually super applicable. And that's just encouraging touch points. And this, again, this is like celebrating big wins together. It's making eye contact and smiling when doling out praise, again, in front of others, if possible. It's words of appreciation when someone gets a promotion, a raise, or another milestone, or it's just words of appreciation in general. Those go, at least for me, maybe this really is my love language, is the encouraging touch points. Like That, to me, goes a really long way. If someone just says something nice, it's not like we need to stop the presses and like tell everyone, but it's, but it's nice. It makes, it makes a difference. Mm -hmm. I'm curious. So you were, you said you were words of affirmation, uh, me as well for, uh, our love language, but I don't think which in the workplace we said would be feedback and mentorship. I don't know if that's me in the workplace though. So that's kind of interesting because I think you can be different in your relationship, which this makes total sense, but like different in your like love relationships versus your work relationship. What do you relate to that? Yeah, totally. I would say mine at work is either encouraging touch points or the, the new opportunities. So like that would be what a a dork, but uh, (laughs) a new opportunity would feel like a gift to me in the workplace or it's, it's fun to like get trusted to do something or try something new. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. It's like, and you might be different. Your workplace love language could also be different with different people. So your direct peers, you might, for example, really like the feedback and mentorship, or maybe you really like the workplace bonding, but with your boss, it's more new opportunities or support. You know, I actually, I think support is a, and I also think it probably ebbs and flows depending on where you are, uh, maybe in projects or in the year, maybe at the end of the year, encouraging touch points and support are way more important to you. But around the beginning of the year, workplace bonding and feedback and mentorship means more to you. But I, I, the bottom line of this is that just like you have a love language in your relationship that can help you better communicate with your partner, you probably have a workplace quote unquote love language that will help you better communicate. And more importantly, you need to know what your, what these people at work, what you think their love language is. How, what's, what's like the least awkward way to bring this up at work? If you're like, okay, I want to know everyone on my team, what's your workplace love language? Uh, I think a good way to figure it out would be, especially if you're, I think you're really exploring the love languages in, in either like maybe like a boss or an employee relationship or a relationship where it's, it's a little bit of a struggle for you to communicate or, or meet eye to eye. So you could do your own work and being like, well, you know, I think whatever Janet's love language might be, uh, it might be feedback or mentorship. So you could send an email being like, would you prefer me to, um, you know, check in with you weekly or, 
you know, things like that. I don't think you ever have to even say love language. And there's going to be people, again, there's going to be people that think it's like super woo woo and don't want to talk to it, talk about it at all. But then there's other people that are going to be like super open to it. And it could, and, and you could feel this out. You, if you bring it up, it could like actually elicit a really interesting conversation between everyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's interesting too, because especially managers who are trying to figure out this hybrid management style, you know, you used to have the benefit of being in person and reading body language and a bunch of other, you know, physical things that you just don't have anymore. So what were, can you repeat also, what were the questions you would ask yourself to try to figure out someone's uh, love language again? Because this is maybe something that managers, you know, could go, go through with each employee or each uh, person that reports to them and kind of consider. Um, and then to your point, kind of start testing it out and see if it, if, it elicits good feedback or it gets you to feel like, I think a lot of managers are also thinking about retention. (laughs) And so they want to find ways to communicate in ways that make their employees feel heard and respected and and engaged, obviously. Right. Yeah. So these three questions were um, one, how does this person treat others? Two, what do they complain about? Which which might be tough if you're a manager because hopefully your employees aren't like just complaining all over the place. But if there's big problems, maybe they are. And three, um, what do they request the most? And this is something mm-hmm. really, really pay attention to as a manager. If someone's, you know, coming, volleying back an email being like, oh, can I have more clarity on this? Or could, could, we, could we set up a weekly one-on-one to just kind of like uh, keep in touch with what we're doing? It's, it's, it's paying attention to those asks and not just you know, rolling your eyes and being like, oh, you know, her again, I just don't feel like answering. It's like you can, you, people, people a lot of times either teach you how to treat them or, or they're telling you in, in masked ways or, you know, professional ways. So. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting how, how often people either purposely choose to kind of ignore that because it would be like extra work. Again, you kind of have to edit the way you might do something to make it more tailored to what what that person prefers. And I just think we're in a place right now, especially with the great resignation, which I like is I like to think of it more as the great reassessment, is workplaces that have been toxic, that have been just sort of feeling like, okay, employees don't have a choice. They have a choice and they're thinking about this stuff. And so I think the more woo-woo stuff you can kind of bring into the workplace sometimes, the the better off. Because I don't think the old ways of sort of like, you know, authoritative dictatorship style was going very well. So um, hopefully, you know, I think people, and, and again, like I, I ultimately, I think a lot of success in the workplace comes down to communication, whether you want to create influence at work, whether you want to, you know, make sure your value is known, you know, a lot of times that's you communicating out word. But like, if you knew that your boss really preferred one-on-one meetings to understand thing versus a weekly email, you could still, you could edit that pretty easily and, and still be able to hit your goal of making sure like, Hey, I'm making sure that my name and what I'm getting done here and my contributions are top of mind for them. You know what I mean? Totally. I, I just think, I think it's just a really good way to, to reframe things and love language is a great way to reframe things to be like, Oh, I'm going to just basically observe my boss's behavior and, and and try to figure it out from there. It's it's nothing that even needs to be spoken aloud really, or, or even just like doing your own introspection. It's something that I feel like we've been talking about this a lot, just in other conversations, not on the podcast, but just like these things that you, you know, inherently, but like you haven't, 
taken the time to like write it down or figure it out or go, oh yeah, like light bulb moment. Of course, my love language is um, wow, feedback and mentorship. Like I, I know that. So how do, how do I ask for that without just being like, I want mm-hmm. more feedback? You know, it's it's figuring out these entry points. And I think that's yeah, interesting. And fun. Oh, I, I was just going to say too, to your what you just said, it's like, if you determine what yours is, share it with your team, share it with your manager in a professional way, because- there's a very good chance that your manager wants to do it that way or wants to communicate in the, you know, the, the language that works well for you. And if you can help them out and let them know, I mean, I'm just thinking from like my point of view, like that would be great. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if someone was like, Hey, I need more feedback, you know, something that's really important to me is feedback. And I don't feel like I'm getting that enough. I would love for someone to be point blank about that. You know, I mean, maybe not every manager is going to be open to that, but hopefully they are. And hopefully, you know, they're going to listen and then um, try to meet you in the middle with that. Right. I mean, I think a lot of uh, a big complaint, too, I know with going remote um, has been time wasting meetings. And it's it's what if what if every meeting was was like actually crucial and you were actually learning ways to communicate so that you didn't need, you know, five hours blocked off every week for stuff where you're not really learning anything or gaining anything new. Everyone's just kind of checked out staring at a Zoom. Just make everything more streamlined, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think this is great. Very timely as you guys (laughs) think about Valentine's Day or the more important holiday, of course, is Galentine's Day, which is on February 13th. But thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Career Contessa podcast. If you enjoyed it, you know what to do. Please leave us a review and rate us. It really helps our show get found by new people so much, not to mention we love reading your feedback. If you have ideas or other topics you want us to cover, you can always send us an email. It's info at careercontessa.com or even slide into our DMs on Instagram. We're at careercontessa. And if you want to learn more about your workplace love language, we've included a link to Kayleen's article in the show notes. Thank you.